0: You are listening to a 14-week teaching series from Jubilee Church entitled Acts. Luke, the author of Acts, tells us in chapter 1, verse 1 that the Gospels were only the beginning of all Jesus did and taught. The book of Acts is the continuation of Jesus' ministry on earth through the Church, and this story is continuing today. This sermon series will address key themes in the book of Acts and connect them with our lives today. If you would like more information about Jubilee Church, Please visit our website at jubileestl.org. We are in Acts. Uh, if you guys remember, uh, uh, we're we're in a, This is the third part of, of our series in Acts, and, and Acts is the sequel uh, to uh, the to Luke. Luke wrote two books of the Bible. In fact, he wrote. Uh, if you count up all the verses in the in the in the pages and the words. He wrote more of the New Testament than anyone else, and and in his first book, uh, the, the the prequel, uh, he he wrote of all that Jesus began to do and teach, and then Acts is the continuation of what Jesus uh, does and, and teaches. And we are going through this series not as historians to discover what once was, but really uh, what could be and what and what should be. And uh, and it was uh, I, I like what Keith said about we're not just to to read the scripture. Uh, and, and and kind of passively as an audience, but really begin to put ourselves in, in the story. And that's what we want to do. And uh, what we read about um, in, in the Bible is that the, the, it, the first week we learned that it, in Acts 1, it says that our purpose, our reason for existence as a church is to finish the ministry of Jesus. Uh, it's to be his witness because... Um, you know, when we come together and, you know, we can kind of get all wrapped up in, like, what the church does and kind of getting into, uh, just kind of going through the motions and depending on what your background is, you, you can prefer, like, so if I was to ask you, if, like, you came from, like, this Pentecostal charismatic type, you'd say, well, the church is all about developing a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I it's like, no, 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 it's about scripture and you got to know truth and the more you know truth, the better off you'll be. And other people are like, no, it's, it's about worship and, you know, we got to. Sing for an hour and 45 minutes, and there needs to be fireworks and, and tears, and, and just, you know, no, it's about systematic theology, it's about getting programmatic, and others make notes of discipleship, it's reaching the poor, and on, and on 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 it goes. And so, but when you, when you, when you look at the, the scripture, the Bible doesn't say, hey, you know, the, the, the church is just like this smorgasbord of, of just doing whatever you want, and everybody has their favorites, uh, that's not how the body of Christ works. That's not how your body works. You don't just kind of work on one muscle. Like if you, were, if you imagine yourself going to the gym, and if you're like me, you really do need to imagine, you know, yourself going to the gym. And you were just to work on one muscle, like the one right arm. You're like, well, hey, at least my right arm's really, you know, strong and powerful. But what would happen is like your tendons, your muscle, it, everything would get out of uh, alignment. Everything would get out of alignment. Um, Everything would become disjointed because that's not the way the body was meant to function. And the way the body of Christ isn't meant to function that way. Where We all uh, kind of have our favorites. We all have different answers. He, Jesus wants to be more unified than that. The way that your physical body works is your brain makes a decision. Your head makes a decision. And the rest of your body gets on board, right? So if you want to go get a, a drink of water, your entire body's involved in that. And, and that's the way the church is supposed to be. Jesus makes a decision. He's the head. He says, "This is what I want to do." And we, as His body, we all act in accordance, and that's what He's saying. Say, "Look, I want you to have a purpose," and it's, it's His purpose is to bring witness to Him. So, all the things that the church does, so even things, um, you know, like the Holy Spirit, um, you know, the Holy Spirit isn't meant to be special effects in the church. It's meant to be power to, to give witness to Him. The Word of God is not in and of itself. It's not that we learn this to gain knowledge. It's not like we read this uh, to know how to nail life better, but we read this to get to Jesus. Um, we, we, uh, helping the poor isn't just a good idea. But when we help the poor, Jesus says that we identify with Him. He who was rich became poor so that we could have His riches. Those of us who have give away so we can, we, we, can, we understand how Jesus treated us. We were morally b- bankrupt. We were spiritually bankrupt. We were bankrupt in every sense of the word. And he, take on, he took on our bankruptcy. And so we understand that when we give to the poor. So all these things, but they all point back to Jesus. They all point back to being a, a witness of Jesus. And so today, even community. Um, community is not an and of itself. We're not to pursue community because, hey, we we need to have someone to go to the movies with on the weekend. You know, it's nice to have a friend. It's it's not just supposed to be a felt need, but but Jesus said very clearly that this is this too is for our witness. Two months before uh, the 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 verses um, what we read in, in Acts two forty two, when that community gathered, two months prior, the the week before Jesus was t- uh, to die, he gathered his crew together and he says, "Hey, look, I'm getting ready to leave. I'm ge- I'm leaving this." Uh, this mission to you, this worldwide mission, it's kind of like this, you know, uh-oh moment for them. It's like, but hey, I'm I'm going to supply you a with power. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send another one who's just like me, but I'm also going to give give you each other. In fact, he says this command, this new this new command I give to you that you love one another, that you love one another. Greater love has no man than than the, than the one who lays down his life for his friends. And then he says this. He says that. Every, and he kind of gives context for it. He gives purpose to it. He says, everyone is going to know that you're my disciple by the love that you have for each other. How you relate. How you prefer. How you get along. Because just as I and the Father are one, this is we have this oneness. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit, this oneness, honoring, preferring one another. My church is to have the same oneness. And so, he, he's telling us that one of the key ways that you're going to be a witness is to be a community, to be together. And, and that is from uh, the, the view from 30,000 feet. And then he, 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 uh, he dies that week. He, he goes to the cross. He dies. He's buried. He, he's, he's risen to new life. He hangs out with them for about 40 days. He ascends into heaven. He says, okay, now go be me. Uh, go be my witnesses. The Holy Spirit falls upon them. 3,000 were added. And then they were like, okay, now what do we do? And someone stood up and said, You know what? I remember, he said something about us being together. He said something about us like preferring each other and loving each other and being a community and, and kind of taking on the oneness that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have. And, and that's what, and what that looked like is what we read about in Acts 40, uh, Acts two forty two to 47. What it looks like on the ground. And, and Elijah and David are, are going to talk to us about two key themes. One is that they were together. And the second one is that they were devoted. So I'm going to invite David. Why don't you come on up?
1: time in my industry I work in the fitness and nutrition industry with supplementation and it's good to take care of your body and eat well and work out and and do cardiovascular activities it's really good to do that but what I've noticed over the years is that some people get addicted to it because of the results and what they start to do is neglect personal friendships and relationships and start stop hanging out at parties and get-togethers because they don't want to be around the pizza and the beer because that will mess up their idol and so what happens is that they lead to isolation and individualism and In our culture, individualism is super popular. Uh, Individualism seems to be something that we not only embrace, but something that we pursue. Our culture says to pursue individual achievement at the expense of community. But God says to pursue community at the expense of individual achievement. We see that in the book of Acts, not only in our five verses today, but all throughout the book of Acts. In just five verses, nine times do we see together they them they're mentioned. This is one of the most preeminent, prominent, paramount, particular verses in the New Testament that show us what church life is supposed to be like. That show us what community is supposed to look like. And not once is I or me mentioned. There, there are many, but there one. We see the disciples praying together, serving together, seeking justice together, fasting together, loving one another, serving the poor, doing all kinds of. It's not just something that they have to do, but actually, it's something they get to do. Just like Brian talked about last week with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit changes our hearts and minds, and we begin to love one another, and we actually desire to be with community. We desire to be together. The Holy Spirit turns something that seems to be a duty into a delight, and we see that in Acts, and by God's grace, we should follow in their example. Now, this doesn't mean that we're always alone. There's this. I mean, I'm an introvert. If I was always with someone, eventually I would have an aneurysm, probably, probably <laughs> after like two or three days, but I mean, I need my alone time, and so... Like there, there is a sense where you, you should be alone. You should, you should. Hey, some people know me over there laughing. About, uh, you sh- you should read your Bible alone by God's grace. We we should pray alone. We should sing songs to Jesus alone. We should have that personal devotion, that quiet time, and and doing that. But we're not always alone. We shouldn't uh, uh, pursue those alone things apart from community. We pursue that with community. We pursue that together. And it's not always easy to be in community, but we don't always want to be alone because lone rangers are dead rangers. And Christianity is a team sport. We need one another. Community is difficult, but it's worth it. it, Paul says in Colossians 3, verse 13, hey, bear with one another. He wouldn't say to bear with one another if it wasn't sometimes difficult to bear with one another. He says, hey, tolerate one another. Put up with one another. Don't just leave because you get annoyed. Don't just leave because you get offended. Don't just leave just because it's slightly inconvenient or uncomfortable for you. He says, hey, I know it's difficult. I know it's hard because you're a sinner. You guys are together. But pursue it, be with one another. And for me, I know an example is that I, I didn't always like being in community or being with people, I kind of put on a mask. Probably about four or five years ago, I would be in community group or hanging out with other Christians or hanging out with people and doing life with one another. And I would never want to share my flaws or imperfections or shortcomings or sins or anything because I didn't want to be I didn't want to be known. I didn't want to be vulnerable. I didn't want to be exposed. I wanted to seem like I was macho man or superman, that I had it all together, but the reality is on the inside, I was a little bit empty and broken with, with community and relationships, and that I, I didn't really have the true friends that I wanted, and I wasn't intimate with anyone in, in the context of friendship. If we're not, the, the role of intimacy and friendship is, is, the pathway to that is through vulnerability. If we're not willing to be vulnerable, then we're not willing to be intimate with one another. If we're not willing to be exposed, then we're saying, hey, I'm not willing to grow, I'm not willing to, to learn, I'm not willing to be sanctified. Some people say, well, I want that community, I want those friendships, but I'm not willing to put myself out there. Well, it's like, Actually, you can't have what community gives if you're not willing to make the demands that community makes. By God's grace, as we do life together in Revive groups and community groups on Sunday mornings, we should seek to be transparent, open, and selfless, and to share our life with one another. You should, In a sense, people should know what you look like with your makeup off. And if you're a guy, you shouldn't wear makeup at all. So... Um. <laughs> We, as we look at the togetherness and Acts and all throughout the Gospels and, and all throughout the New Testament, what we see is that uh, Jesus unifies his church. He brings people together. So we see like, so people that, other, apart from Jesus, would otherwise never desire to hang out with one another. Like, I'm different than you. I like different books than you. I like different movies than you. You, like different rec- you have different recreational activities and hobbies than me. We're different. You grew up in a Christian home. I didn't. You grew up in the city. I grew up in the suburbs. We're different. But by God's grace, through his Holy Spirit, he changes us. And we desire to be with one another. Personally, I desire to be with people because I want to see them become all that God has created them to be. I want to see them live out the life that God wants them to to live. I want to see them live out godliness and holiness and serve the church and have that life of satisfaction, peace, and joy. I want to see people happy in God. And so through his spirit, he changes us. We notice that diversity in the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, where it talks about how Jesus is gathering people from every tribe, tongue, and nation to worship him to enjoy him to love him to know him to serve him to make him known there's a sense of diversity in that in fact my, my mom's from Bethlehem my dad's from Jerusalem they're, they're Palestinian I'm, I was born in America so I'm Palestinian American by that you look around this church we're really diverse by God's grace we're more racially diverse than 98% of the churches in America you know not not everyone here's white not everyone here's black not everyone here grew up in the city not everyone grew up in the suburbs we're we're different but by God's grace, we're many, but we're one through God's Holy Spirit. And we see the disciples in Acts doing things together. They're sharing life, and they're sharing the life of Jesus. And I heard Francis Chan once say that, you know, they, they met Jesus, God saved them, and it seemed like, you know, nothing else really mattered. They were regularly together, regularly doing life together, regularly crying and confessing sin and repenting and growing, and their whole aim was to be more like Jesus. In fact, God's plan A for your life is that you would become more like Jesus. And sanctification, the process of God making us more like Jesus, is a community project. You need your husband. You need your wife. You need the person you're sitting next to. You need the people in your community group and your revival group. You need the people in this church because becoming more like Jesus in the Christian life is not something that we do alone, but rather it's something that we do together.
2: That's just such a good job, David. Um, I know I wouldn't hang out with you if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, so <laughs> good job. No, I'm joking. Oh, now I'm the bad guy. Oh. So, we're together and we're devoted. So what do you think of when you hear the word devotion? Do you think of love songs? Who's seen the movie Grease? Yeah, a lot of, a lot of people song, Hopelessly Devoted, you know, I'm hopelessly devoted to you. Yeah, <laughs> I feel weird. <laughs> it could be that you see it as, you know, getting up early, reading your devotional booklet, or it's, it's something, a section of your life, one morning a week for a certain amount of time. I think we can look at God's devotion to us to kind of help us understand devotion. I think John 3.16 is a great example. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He gave his son to us so that we could be drawn close to him. Jesus stepped down from the right hand of the Father to be on earth, to live with us, to give his life for us, to serve us. Since the beginning of time, God had this amazing redemptive plan for us to be drawn back to him. You know, there's so many times where I feel like God could have just said, I'm done with this. I know if I was God, which I'm, I'm glad I'm not, and I'm sure you guys are glad that I'm not, I would have been like, this is stupid. I'm out. But he didn't. He was faithful to the end. He wanted to be with us. Some words that describe devotion are loyal, faithful, consistent. God was consistent and faithful. Another definition for devotion or devoted is given over to the display, study, and discussion of. This this word, given over to. God gave his son to us. Jesus himself, gave, gave of his life for us. He gave himself over to the human race. That's devotion. If we look back in this verse, it says, they were devoting themselves. They were constantly giving themselves to his word. His, he, they were giving themselves to prayer and fellowship In the NAS translation of this verse, it says that they were continually devoting themselves. This was an everyday thing. It wasn't just uh, this section of my life on this day I'm going to do my devotion. No, it was every day they were devoting themselves to his word and and, and prayer and being together. How many of you have a favorite sports team? You know, whether it be the Cardinals, the Rams, or the Blues, there's no other team besides teams besides them if you live in St. Louis. So we all have these favorite teams. I actually have a couple friends that are so for their teams that they, you know, paint their bodies. They're all in. And when you see them, you're like, you're crazy. Or you could be like, oh, you guys are really devoted to your team. You've given yourselves over completely to that team. You know, rain or shine, they're there. Then on the flip side, you have these other people who like teams when they're winning, and then when they're losing, they're like, peace. I'm out. When things look bad, they jump ship, right? The church in Acts that's what, we, that's what we call fair-weather fans, all right? They, when things look bad, they are gone. The church in Acts, they weren't fair-weather fans, all right? They were his display. They were given over to his word, fellowship together. They were his display. Everything they did was for him. When they hung out with people, it was for Jesus, When they were in his word, it was for Jesus. They, you know, they they weren't giving themselves over to relationships or jobs or hobbies. They were actually really, their mindset was changed. It was changed to, out of his devotion to us, they in turn were devoted to him, others, the people around them. So what did their devotion look like? They looked to Jesus' teaching and Acts Twenty, Verse 7, it says, they gathered together to hear Paul's teaching. They looked after one another. In Ephesians 5.21, it says, they were caring for one another out of reverence. They prayed together. Acts 1.14, they were consistently devoted to praying together. They worshiped together. In Ephesians 5.19, it says, they gathered together to sing and encourage one another. U- ultimately, they sought God in his direction. They were his display. They had given themselves over to this. So what does devotion look like for us? I think we can study his word. You know, we have Sunday mornings where we come, we listen. We have community groups where we can really dive really deep into scripture. I think it also means we worship and we pray together. We have a week of prayer coming up, September 8th through the 12th. We're going to gather together. We're going to seek God. You have Sunday mornings for that too. Community groups. But I say all that, I, I, don't, I don't say you just come to these things and that's what you're supposed to do. We actually come to these things so that we can get closer to Jesus. You know, we come to a Sunday morning not just out of ritual, but because we want to honor Jesus and we want to draw closer to Jesus. It's the same way with community groups. So we want to draw closer to Jesus, but we also want to draw closer to one another. I think another thing, we can own our community groups really own them. You know, love the people in your group. It's hard to consistently and continually be devoted and giving yourselves to people in your group. It's sometimes wearing, just as Dave was talking about. But when we reflect on Jesus and his devotion to us, we in turn can be devoted to other people. When I first, with, with a group that I helped start, about a year ago, um, a, a lady signed up for our group, and she came to group. It's actually Florence Scheller. She's awesome. Yes she is. Florata <laughs> But she every time she came to group consistently every time she had she brought the best cheese and crackers I've ever tasted in my life. It's amazing. But the thing that impressed me so much is that there's probably about a a 30, and don't get mad at me, Florence, for saying this, but there's probably about a 30-year difference in age between a a lot of people in our group and her. (laughs) Well, the thing is, the thing that amazed me is that she, every time she came into group, she gave every single one of us a hug. And in that, she would ask us how we were doing. And when she left, she gave every single one of us a hug and tell us that she loved us. This changed the dynamic of our group. It was completely different. We, we felt like family. We didn't have anything in common. The only thing we had in common was Jesus. And she loved us. She still does. Because she saw Jesus' devotion to her. She, in turn, was devoted to these young kids, and it was amazing. As a community, we need Jesus. Out of his devotion to us, we, in turn, can be devoted to his word, his mission, and to other people.
0: You guys want a hug, too, don't you? So I was thinking. I need a hug i starting to tear up a little bit. Anybody else want to preach? Uh, <laughs> is anybody else out there? Um, just to bring this to a conclusion here. Um, I, I want us to see that, uh, that to, to really be this community, it does take uh, us understanding how Jesus has treated us. Um, and that's so important. Uh, that, that we the way that we treat each other is is out of reverence for christ how he 's treated us that our that that because of he was first devoted to us because he first loved us we 're able to love him and able to, to love each other and so in our growing in our growing up in our love for jesus it 's going to translate in our love for others, and this is all to bring witness to him this wonderful section of scripture ends in, in Daily, people are being added to those who are being saved. This is about being a witness. This isn't about our preferences. It's not like, well, I've got this felt need for community, so I'll get in. Or I don't have this felt need community, so I'll say, no, thank you. But understanding that ultimately this isn't about whether we're extrovert or introvert, whether we like being around people or don't like being around people. This is about in our our togetherness and how we serve, and how we love, and how we give, and how we prefer. That in our togetherness, uh, people are going to take note of that and say there's not a community like this in the world. This, 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 the love that they have for, for, for me, the love that they have for one another, is, a, is really pointing upward to Jesus. This is something that he's done. This is something, that's what it says in, in Scripture, that you're going to be the light of the world. That you're going to you're gonna demonstrate something, of, of what I've done, what I've done in your heart, what I've done in your life, and especially those who used to know you before you came into uh, a relationship with Jesus. I know what that guy was like, and now he's like this. I know what she was like, and now she's like this. And this is who they are together, and it's something that people are going to want to be a part of.